0: How do I start my own RIA? That is today's question on the Transition to RIA question and answer series. It is question number 42. Hi, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RIA, where I help you understand everything there is to know about why, and how to transition your firm to the RIA model. Uh, So today's question, we're we're gonna talk about that capstone question of how do I start my own RIA? Uh, And I'll preface it by saying this, this video is not uh, designed for that new financial advisor, someone just looking to enter the industry of what steps should I take to, if maybe that's the path you want to enter the industry with, is with your own RA, which is, which is certainly doable. But, but that is a, a whole different kind of set of decisions and, and pathway to consider. And so that's, that's not what this video is addressing. This video is addressing those advisors that already have established practices, established books of business, uh, and and that's, that's what I help with my business is those established advisors of how to move into that RA model with their existing practice. And so uh, just just to keep that in mind, because again, it is a different set of, of kind of explanations and pathways and all those sorts of things. Now, I would tell you the, the process of, of, okay, how do I start my own RA can, can seem rather daunting at first glance. I mean, after all, if you add up all of the various service providers you might end up selecting from or working with, from technology vendors to compliance vendors to, to custodians, uh, there's literally, and then that's just to name a few, there's literally hundreds of options to be chosen from. And so that, that process can seem very daunting. I don't want to say overwhelming, but, but it is a lot of decisions that you think, oh, wow, how am I, how am I going to piece this all together? How am I going to know which of these I would need or not need? And, and, and where do I even begin with that process? And and you know, what I wanted to reassure you on this video is it doesn't have to be an overwhelming process. There is an absolute way which we're going to go through of how you can kind of work through those steps and and figure out what's best for you and your your particular practice. But I, but I would tell you, there, you're not alone if you're you're saying, okay, wow, how how do I know what these options are? How do I know what these hundreds of different solutions are? And and, and the route is because there are different, different approaches to the RIA model, which I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to go through. And, and it can be very confusing as to which, which might be not only best for you, but just how do each of these different approaches work. Uh, and so a perfect example, I was talking to an advisor recently, and he named off three different firms that he was considering uh, contacting for his particular uh, practice because he wanted to go into the RA model, and, and he thought he was kind of comparing apples to apples. Like, okay, this is the kind of approach I want to use, and and so these are three firms that seem seem reasonable. So let me reach out to those folks. And the reality is, and I had to I had to walk him through this. Each of those three firms had very different business models. Now he might very well want to consider each of those different business models. But 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 how he would interact, how he would work with each of these three different providers was, was very different, and that that was did not was not he was not aware of that at all, and and I don't blame him for that because as I as I frequently say, until and if you've ever you know as they say looked over the fence into how a, a different affiliation model works, like the RA model, and and maybe you've been at you know a wirehouse firm your entire career or a particular model your entire career how would you know how a different model works? So there's, there's nothing wrong with not understanding how it works currently. If, if you've never taken steps to learn, there's nothing wrong with not realizing, oh, this firm has a different business model than this firm. Because again, there's a lot of options out there It can be very confusing. And, and again, that's a lot of what I help advisors with my firm is, is helping them understand all of that. But but again, you, you you can simplify it here and that's what we're gonna do in this video here. Uh, and, and an example I use, again, it. it it doesn't have to be a complicated process. And the, the example I would use is, is you do this all the time with your investor clients, uh, the, how to manage their wealth, how to solve their financial planning needs, how to put their assets to work in some sort of you know, investments is a very complex, complicated process. Now for advisors that have been doing it a long time, For you, it might no longer be that complex, but but certainly it is complex for the investor clients that you help. Hence, why they're coming to you and paying you for those services is is to have you help them simplify the complex. And so when you go to a new client and let's say you're a financial advisor that uses mutual funds with, with clients or at least some of your clients, wherever the case may be, uh, well, the reality is there's thousands of mutual funds out there. When you consider all the fund families, the individual funds, the share classes within each of those funds, it's thousands upon thousands of options. And so that can seem overwhelming and certainly can seem overwhelming for a, you know, an investor client that's not familiar with everything. But, but the reality is, as you know, when you first start working with a new client, you're, you're not immediately trying to figure out all the way you know, the nuanced details of, oh, what share class should I use of a particular fund of a particular fund family No, that you don't jump right to that first of course you, you have to get to know the client get to know what their goals are know what they're trying to accomplish know what their current situation is and and, and you start of course with that and you help them solve for that and and, and determine a pathway for and only then can you start filling in some of these details of all the in this example all the different mutual funds available to you or asset classes all the way down to the the microscopic details of share classes. And so that's the same thing with the RA model. You can't can't look and say, oh, I have hundreds of options and how am I supposed to pick and choose? Let's simplify the process just like you do with clients on that front end. Let's get you on the right path first and then everything else starts to fall into place. So with that, something I explained to almost every advisor I'm talking about, to that that says, hey, Brad, I'm thinking about this RA model. Tell me more about it. And so, of course, we go over things like the economics, the flexibility, all that sort of thing, dive into their practice uh, to make sure it's a good fit for the RA model. And, and then I would say at its, at its most basic level, there are three main approaches into the RA model you can pursue with your practice. And on, and on one of them, there's a couple nuances of variations to it, which I'll, which I'll touch on <clears throat> sorry, uh, here in a little bit. But there's three main models. So again, don't worry about hundreds of choices, three models. And if you can determine which of those three models is best for you and your practice, everything else then starts to more easily fall into place as what additional steps or providers you might need to work with. So I, I want to go over those three on this, uh, on this question and answer series here today. So the first one, and I, I call them option one, option two, option three, I probably should come up with with more uh, catchy names for them, but but it's it's just the easiest, simplest way to describe them. So option one, option one is what most people always think of in the RIA model, and so that is you go out, you start your own RIA, and there's a process for that. But you start your own RIA and you build out uh, a team of support or service providers around your RIA. So that's everything from compliance folks technology solutions to a custodian or custodians, plural. I've done, I've done question and answer on, on uh, why you might have more than one custodian or not. But, but the idea is even a custodian is a service provider to you. They are providing custody and clearance services for your clients. So again, option one, that traditional approach is start your own RIA, go out there and build out your network of service providers around you uh, to, to, to provide the needed services to run an RIA. Now, uh, I'll I'll back up real quick, each of these options, I should have said this before I even dove in, each of these options, the three options, there's pros and cons to each of them. Uh, And I'm very big believer in being a straight shooter and walking advisors through, okay, here's the good of this model and and here's here's the flip side of that coin, where, okay, here's maybe challenges with the model. And if anyone tells you that there's some perfect solution That's absolutely not the case. I I always tell advisors, look, I'm not holding back and and on on this question and answer series here. There's no golden goose that I'm gonna divulge at the end of the, at the end of the question and answer uh, segment here that will tell you, oh, okay, forget everything I said. Here's the perfect solution. Because the reality is, kind of like anything in life, there's there's trade-offs. While to 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 be able to provide certain pros uh for a particular solution there might be some cons that go with it and so it's just important for you to recognize that uh to know that there's no perfect solution wherever you're at now certainly doesn't have a perfect solution there's certainly pros i hope to where you are at now uh, but but likewise there's there's cons to go with that so each of them pros and cons and it's just an idea of hey which which is the best for you and your particular practice So again, option one, build out your own RA or start your own RA, build out your service providers around it. The pros to that are that approach, that option will result in the highest level of compensation for you and flexibility. And and what I mean by that is from a flexibility standpoint, you literally have the hundreds of choices to choose from to go out there in the marketplace and pick from those hundreds of choices and piece that together that's going to give you the most flexibility. And likewise, because you are willing to do that yourself and do all that selection and maintain those relationships and perhaps where there's technology involved, make sure they're integrated. Because of that, you're putting in some of that work. So you then have the highest uh, opportunity for bottom line compensation under option one. Again, that's the most kind of traditional model. Uh, now we're going to jump. So it's on one end of the spectrum. Now we're actually going to jump to option three and you'll see why I, I skipped option two. We'll come back to that in a moment. So option one on one side. On the other end of that spectrum is uh, an option where there are RIA platforms that you can join. Now, notice I called them platforms. I didn't say, oh, it's an RA firm you can join because I think oftentimes when someone thinks of, oh, I, I have to join an RIA and exist in RIA firm, they think of that that RA down the street that, you know, just happens to have an empty office in the, in the corner of their complex. And they'd love to have you sit in that. And, and then now you've joined an RA. And that's, that does exist. That's, that's an example of kind of one of the variations I, was, I referenced earlier that exists. But, but that's, not, that's not what I'm talking about here. There are uh, what I call B2B ria platforms which are essentially ria firms that you would join as an investment advisor rep so you are joining their ria it's their platform but the reason you might do that is because they've built that out specifically for advisors like you so these are not rias that themselves go out trying to generate uh, individual investor clients directly themselves these are platforms that have been built from the start for advisors to join and the advisors to then go out and and have their own uh, direct relationships with clients. And keep in mind under this option, uh, you would retain 100% ownership of your book. You would still be able to brand your practice however you want from a DBA name a doing business as name. So you get a lot of the the upsides of having your own RA. But the, the reason you might consider this approach is they've gone out and they've built out that technology stack. They've gone out, they handle all of the compliance, all of the regulatory aspects of running the firm. They've gone out and pieced through those hundreds of options and maybe found a good TAMP solution provider. And so they, they've packaged all this up already for you of what they believe is best in breed approaches. And they've also taken often their scale because these are, these are usually multi-billion dollar platforms. So they can go to technology vendors, for instance, and get better pricing then you could perhaps with 400 million in assets or something in that range. Just again, it's a scale game. So they've gone out and built out this platform and their value proposition is just, hey, come to us, essentially use our RA chassis, our RA platform, outsource the tech stack selection and integration, outsource all the compliance regulatory to us. You just run your practice, you market your practice, all those sorts of things. So the pro to that is it's a lot easier to get uh, go down that path than having to start your own firm. Uh, and on an ongoing basis, you would not be responsible for managing those ongoing technology integrations. And, and when the uh, occasional regulatory exam comes up, it's not your responsibility. They handle all of that. The ADV, they handle all of that you get to just run your practice. Now the cons of that are again, you, you give up some flexibility, they've gone out and built their own tech stack. Uh, so obviously you have to like what they've built and that's part of your due diligence on firms like this. Um, and of course you pay them for doing all this for you. Now, Now, part of it is, uh cost that you would have had anyway so if you so if you look at whatever they they would look to charge you well keep in mind if you did option one you were replicating a lot of that just directly on your own so a lot of that is just hard cost you were going to have no matter which option you went down both option three you're essentially outsourcing someone else you're paying a premium for that but they are also taking that off of your hands for you so pros a lot easier you instantly benefit perhaps from their scale Uh, things along those lines. The cons are, again, a little less flexibility and likewise less compensation because you're paying someone else to do it for you as opposed to doing it all yourself. Now, option two fits right in the middle of those two. And now you'll kind of understand why I jumped from one to three. So option two is where you go out, start your own RIA. So you still have your own RIA for some advisors. That's very important to them for, for one reason or another. However, you say, you know what, I, I really don't want to have to build out all these service providers myself and, and deal those integrations and deal those negotiations on pricing and, 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 and uh, contracts and all those sorts of things. So there are, uh, and there's no kind of official industry-wide term for them, but, but middle office provider is kind of a term that's used out there. And those, those are firms specialty, specially built to say, okay, you have your own RIA, But basically outsource in one swoop a lot of that operational part of running the RA itself. So things like the whole technology stack and integration and ongoing maintenance, Uh, things like the billing in your client's account. You know, perhaps it's marketing support to help you with your marketing efforts, all kinds of things. TAMP solutions already built out for you, all kinds of things that that you're going to have to do as part of the RA model, whether you're doing it yourself, whether you're, you're option three, you're, you're entirely paying someone to do it. Option two says, hey, we will do a, a big chunk of that for you and in one basically outsource uh, path. And so start your own RA, and in one big chunk, we will do a lot of the, the non-client facing steps of running your own RA. And so, so that can be very appealing to a number of advisors as well. And so that the pro of that, for some advisors, they adamantly want to have their own RIA for one reason or another, so that they maybe don't want to consider option three, um, and, and it's a lot easier because again, you are integrate, you are you are outsourcing a lot of that integration, a lot of those choices, and again, you get to take advantage of their scale as well because when they can go to the technology uh, vendors and say again hey, we collectively have however many RAs and so how many uh, assets, how many billions of assets that is using this particular tool so you have to give us good price and so they can get better price and and the idea is they pass that along to you than than you arguably could get on your own. Now, the, the con to it, again, pros, cons to everything is again, kind of like option three, a little less flexibility. They've, for better or worse, they've built it out for you. So you have to be comfortable with what they've built out for you. And of course, just like with option three, you are going to pay them uh, for having done all that for you as well. Uh, and, and then the, the final thing with option two is because it is your own RA, you still retain compliance and regulatory responsibility for your RA because under that model, you do retain your own RA. Again, that's one of the big differences between option two and option three. Option two, you're outsourcing a lot of that non client facing uh, aspects to run in your firm but, but retaining the compliance and regulatory responsibility. Option three, you're, you're taking that even a step further and say, okay, I don't, I don't want to do that either. I'd rather outsource that to someone else. So options one, two, and three, all doable. And if you might say, hey, what, which, is, which is the best one of the three? Brad, what, which one should I, should I pick? There is no best, the best of the three. I've talked to plenty of advisors and i walked them through this and plenty of advisors choose one or two or three of other cases. Usually they want to look at, say, two of the three options after they kind of understand all this. Um, but there is no best option. It's, it's entirely dependent on the individual circumstances of the advisor team that's looking to go into the RA model and what, what they want to accomplish with their practice, what they want to be responsible for, and then looking at those three options. So I'll, I'll give you an example of, of how it can be widely different. Uh, I'm working with one team that is absolutely enthusiastic, passionate about building out their own technology stack. They love the idea of going out to the the universe of available solutions, technology solutions, and picking and choosing and integrating and building out themselves. They love that. They're going to want to go with option one, because that is the option that enables them to do that. Whereas there's other advisors that say, I don't want anything to do with that. Technology integrations and negotiations, I don't want anything to do with that. that. And for that advisor, option two and option three then become more appealing. So there is no, again, best solution. It's based on what the individual advisor or team specifically wants to accomplish. Um, so in, in a nutshell, and I've gone through it at a high level and, and I'll, let, me, let me come back. I did say there was a, a variation. So option three, which is these RA platforms you can join there is kind of a, a variation from that that there are additional or a options out there of where you can join them, but they don't necessarily fit the exact description I gave. And, and these are options that, that maybe you become technically a, a W2 employee of their firm or you are required to brand under their name uh, and things like that. And there's some wonderful options out there and there's some reasons you might want to choose each of those. However, each of those, are very unique, specific offerings with unique and different value propositions. So it doesn't fit nicely into this kind of three model consideration. But I always point it out to advisors that I'm talking to when, okay, let's understand option, option three, these RA platforms. And most, most folks that come across find, find that appeal and how it's, how it's positioned, how you can have your own brand, your own ownership. But there are reasons certain advisors might want to explore one of those other variations as well. As an example, perhaps you are later in your career and you're in part need of a, of a longer term succession solution. Well, one of these providers might be able to provide that perfectly for you because of their specific value proposition, their specific circumstances. So there are other providers that don't meet, don't meet that perfect definition of option three, as I described it. Um, So I do want to acknowledge that they're there. I do talk to advisors about it Um, but it, but it doesn't fit as, as, easily into the, the three model approach. I guess you could argue it's a fourth model, but again, it's very uh, very unique each of, those, each of those options out there. Happy to talk to anyone that wants to, to uh, explore those because uh, they do exist some great solutions, but they, they are quite unique. So uh, to wrap up the idea, again, you don't have to be intimidated by the hundreds of options out there. You first just have to say, hey, which of these models works best for me? Let me fully understand how they work, the pros and cons of each of them and, and, and do that at a generic level you don't even need to worry about okay which specific providers necessarily offer them just yet because you can first say hey what works best for me and my practice and what i want to accomplish going forward in the ra model so once you can figure out which which of these approaches which of these options works best for you then you start saying okay whether it's option one option two option three maybe you want to look at two of the three options or whatnot then you say okay who are the providers out there in the space that can provide me with a solution for each of those and so then you start looking at those that next level of, of decisions and and considerations and so there's some great firms across all the spectrums to be looking at and then once you pick that then you start filling in the final details and it on what path you go down again some of that's already done for you so if you're going down an option two or an option three you then don't need to necessarily go and, and dive too much more into the technology stack conversation, because again, most all that's done for you now. And maybe there's some specific technology tool you do want to bolt on that that's not being provided by option two or option three, that, that sort of thing is still possible. But the bulk of it is already done for you. So, so you, you kind of work through these steps. And as you go through them, the decision process gets easier and easier. So what started is hundreds of choices, all, all of a sudden, as you can tell, we're We're narrowing it down and finding the solution that works best for you. So again, does not need to be a complicated process. You just have to start at the top and work through the steps and work through what's specifically best for you. And and that's what I do all the time with advisors, help them walk through this. So like I said, my name is Brad Wales with Transition to RA. And as noted, this kind of conversation is what I do all day long with advisors say the advisors come to me they say hey i want to go into this ra model how does it work walk them through the economics i walk them through the flexibility i I answer countless questions they may have and then we start talking about this exact conversation okay what do your options look like and what might be a good fit for you and that's that's a very in-depth conversation because I've, i've covered A number of of the pros and cons and and different nuances to these models here but but clearly there's a lot more to it and and it's dependent on the specific circumstances of an advisor so those conversations usually do get quite detailed but at the end of the day it's a very simple process as long as you go through it in this particular order that I've talked about here so if you're not already there head on over to transition 2 RA.com that's my website you can find uh, all kinds of videos, podcasts, white papers I've done to better help you understand everything there is to know about the RA model. Uh, and then on there, you can easily and quickly uh, schedule a time to have a one-on-one conversation with me. I call it a discovery call. Well, I will walk you through this exact thing as it relates to your specific circumstances. So almost every page has a link, but certainly at the top is a contact link. Click on that, you can instantly and easily schedule time to have that conversation. Look forward to chat with you about that. So I hope you found value on today's question and answer, and I'll see you on the next one.